can't believe you played Minnesota in the playoffs this year. <laughs> <laughs> are we are, are we going? I'll I'll start. Uh, just, okay. Just, I'll do I got the intro. Okay. Are, are you? Yeah, I got. Like, I swear to God, if you're playing, I'm not, it's not to interrupt. I'm just gonna like just I just I just I have a little cold open thing here. Okay, great. Okay, or, let me know when you're yeah. going. Like, as in, you want to say something before sorry, I say something? No, sorry, no. Let me know when you're recording. Okay, okay, we're recording. We've been recording this entire time. Oh my god, this is a great cold open, Vias. <laughs> <laughs> Speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I am your host, Jackson McDonald. With me, as always, live from New York, it's Vias Duran. Elliot Hoyt. You guys catch SNL last night? No? Okay, bye. I never. The only good SNL bits are ones from the 90s, like Celebrity Jeopardy. Yes, exactly. I, I, there was a tweet I saw that was like, if they promise to bring back Will Ferrell next week. I will watch. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. I I will watch that tribute. Oh, yes, yeah. I would watch yeah. that. Although I yeah. I also have to say that like I do think that the sort of uh, serious moments and tearful tributes on SNL were kind of the, the that's like kind of the problem with the show. They are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but having said that, the Celebrity Jeopardy Jeopardy sketch is maybe the greatest uh, SNL sketch in history. So I I would watch. Yeah, I would watch. Also. It is pretty wild that I think the last public appearance, as far as I know, from Alex Rebecca, was to pick Tim Stutzel with the third overall pick. To the best of my knowledge, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, it was just a month ago. No, so apparently they've pre-recorded some, they were recording Jeopardy for a while after that. Really? That's what I saw. I don't know, maybe that's wrong. So like, there's going to be like more Jeopardy released? That'll be fucking weird. I don't know. I just saw something about I just saw something about him supposed to have been recording Jeopardy until uh, the end of last month. Are they going to like try to pull a Carrie Fisher oh, okay. and uh, the last Star Wars movie no. and like put a hologram Alex no. Trebek into like fucking episode like new episodes of Jeopardy? That like there are so few public figures that are like universally beloved and appreciated like him that would start a riot. Would I, it though? I, I feel I like think. people like this shit. I feel like people are sickos, man. I deleted mm. Twitter for like three days and then came back on and realized that I'm surrounded by sickos. I think you picked the wrong three days to delete Twitter. I think you need right. to like push it off another three days. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna. I I logged back in a couple times and I'm not gonna be frequenting it. That's for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's still very bad. But anyways, um. We're playing catch up today, folks. There's uh, there's just been a lot of kind of random little piddling and not so piddling stuff that's happened over the past couple weeks that we haven't been able to get to because we wanted to do the we wanted to do the Mighty Ducks episode with Cody uh, because we knew it would be fun. And then um, and it was somewhat serendipitously 
Dan messaged me a while ago and we ended up talking about something and I ended up asking him to be on the show. And then that sort of necessitated talking about, you know, important stuff like putting ketchup on pizza and whether or not uh, all of Vias's friends can pet his dog. So we kind of weren't able to get to a bunch of stuff that's been sort of piling up over the last few weeks. So I figured we would get to today. That's um, my way of getting new listeners is to keep telling people, hey, I mentioned you on the show and they have to listen to it. <laughs> and then, damn, I got them. Yeah, good call. Who, who should we mention on the show today so that we oh, can get them to listen to it? Todd Bertuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to start there? Should we start with Todd? This is as good as I feel else. Like, I feel like um, there is a there is a more serious thing that I want to uh, get to close to the top of the show, but um, I feel like there are I, I, it might put us in the mood to talk about a couple sure. of funny <laughs> tweets that happened uh, this past week. Yeah, so I do recognize that not all of our listeners necessarily are obsessed on uh, about Twitter as much as us. No, uh, so not. to like introduce that concept or like introduce the story is that Tabertuzzi must have shown up on one of the two uh, fine uh, sport media establishments in town. Um, and uh, basically for some reason, somebody asked him, what do you think about the election? By the way, sports writers don't do that. Please stop doing it. <laughs> like honestly stop doing it. It's, it's bad. It's just bad. It's never been good. It's, it's just a, bad Ouroboros of like uh, of just people being wrong and people like <laughs> not being happy about it yes. and like yeah I get that like you're gonna get a lot of shares on the whole look at what Tom Bertuzzi said about Trump uh anyways so Tom Bertuzzi said if uh like he well he said he lives in like the Lake Tahoe of Michigan and it's all Trump people and he's like down with him and he said that if Biden wins he will consider moving back to Vancouver, which just goes towards my theory that uh, the BC NDP is a far right party. <laughs> uh, and top, respect to Todd Bertuzzi for recognizing that. Big fan of my articles. Um, uh, yeah, so that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I feel like asking a- an athlete about politics at all is basically like forcing forcing them into the Kobayashi Maru simulation (laughs) (laughs) where it's just like the the point of it is not that that it is a problem that could be solved it's just to see how they'll react um yeah uh the other funny we've we've gotten a couple of former Canucks uh talking about politics this week because uh Tom Sestito was also like very recently I think today like this morning um, yesterday morning it are again it was yesterday is that it what it started was? yesterday yeah okay it started yesterday elliot i feel like you have paid closer attention attention to this than either of us can you give us a quick rundown on what happened with tom sestita tom saw a victory tweet from joe biden and decided to fire off uh a tweet which said quote you'll be dead in two weeks Rude. <laughs> which okay understandably so, so, got a bit of blowback because that sounds a lot age. like a threat Yes. That's not a threat. It's his age. He's 104 years old. Well, it's <laughs> ambiguous. We're going to get yeah, to that because I, my initial reaction was that Tov Sestito said that he was going to like buy a trench coat and shave his head into a mohawk and do the like Robert De Niro and taxi driver thing and, and literally try to kill Joe Biden. No, no. Kamala Harris will find out that Joe Biden uh, didn't take his kid to school one day or something and then put him in the guillotine. <laughs> and so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but Joe Biden isn't black, so Kamala Harris wouldn't do that. So we. <laughs> Holy shit. 
Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> we, uh, but the, the thing that, the thing that I love about this is how many tur- quick, like turns it takes. Right. Because at first you're like, wow, is Tom Sestino saying he's going to like John Wilkes Booth, Joe Biden. But then he deletes uh, later the tweet and everyone yells at him. And then he don't delete your tweets, folks. That that's yeah. fair. You should yell at him for that. But then he just goes around and says, sort of expands on his point saying he's 98 can't speak had two strokes in the past year he's not making another year it's science and science is of course in caps <laughs> only one of those things is not true show me show me the lie which <laughs> of those the things old, is not true is that he's 77 or 78 oh okay uh, the only part that's okay look true. every everybody over 70 is a thousand years old it's true my, it's true yeah like once you turn, once you become a senior citizen, you're like a child. Like you just, that's your signifier or whatever. It's just like child, senior citizen. Yeah. Does it matter how old you are specifically? No. The point is you're either, you're very old or very young. It's the yeah. same thing. Um, and the, and at first, you know, I, I read that and I was like, show me the lie, Tom. I, I agree with you. I think, I think that there is a very good chance that uh, the president will, um, I don't know, choke on his pea soup or something. Um, I don't know, die doing an old man activity. You're going to die accidentally cutting that huge vein on your thigh because his legs are hairy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're, I think what, uh, sadly though, we, we know that, you know, Tom is, uh, he's right for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's a momentous day actually at Roxy Fever because Vios and I, both have to accept that our uh, original favorite NHL players in the league are not the heroes that's, that we once thought. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, if I find out, if, if I find out Tommy Santola is part of like the, I don't know, Danish people's party or something. <laughs> Danish Gladio. Is it, he's not Danish. He's got to be or, Finnish, right? Uh, Finnish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever their far right party is. Yeah. Uh, but the, my, I had a, I had a favorite uh, Tom Zestudo tweet from that thread. Oh, yeah. Uh, wh- uh, somebody said after the whole, it's science, he's 98, he can't speak. Somebody said, he could never be more dead than Tom Zestudo's hockey career. Uh, and then Tom Zestudo replies, that is correct, both dead, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, this is, why, this is why I can't completely hate Tom Zestudo because he's just like, he reminds me actually a lot of Dustin Penner. In yeah. that sense, yeah, yeah, where yeah you're yeah. just like, man, this guy's insane and he sucks. And like, why is he saying all this terrible shit? But then you just like call him on it and he's just kind of immediately like, yeah, I'm dumb, lol. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, on a more serious note, there was one actual piece of Canucks rate related news that is like fairly big, at least for the off season, it's big, uh, that we never actually talked about on any of our recent episodes that I do just want to touch on briefly, which is along with Chris Tanev, Jacob Markstrom, Louis Demang, Finn, Tom Gallardi, uh, TC Carling, and uh, a bunch of the guys that clean out the arena after games, uh, Josh Levo has gone to Calgary. And um, I did just want to, I did just want to touch on that for a moment because I really liked Josh Levo and he signed for basically no money. And I don't understand. <laughs> well, we lived through a lot of years of Jim Benning being like, I'm going to collect these like mid twenties players for cheap who used to be like fairly good draft picks and prospects, steal them from other teams where they weren't doing so well. 
and capitalize on that. Like that is one quote market inefficiency unquote that Jim Benning was trying to play with. And this was like one of the few ones that was like, Oh, this is a decent player here. Um, and he's not going to take a lot of money. Uh, this, it just makes, it, it makes all the sense for him to, to, to stay here. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but that's not where we are. I also just come back to, uh, I think the only way this makes sense is if the Canucks know something or believe they know something about his knee. Yeah. And like, if they're just sort of saying that that's, even though it was a really low cost, that's still just not a cost, a risk we need to take. But I also come back to the fact that Levo and Stetcher signed for less than Jake Vertanen got. And I would rather have Levo and Stetcher. Yep. I think that's entirely reasonable. I think for me, it was just one of those things when the news came down where it was, it was just like, why? Like, like I just don't grab, sorry. I'm just going to, that ding really. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Jackson has uh, on video right now. Jackson is holding a huge steel pipe <laughs> and like putting it against his other hand. And you know, he's really pissed. Um, no, what I was going to say is that um, it was just one of those things where it would have been locking him back up at that price would have been such a win, such an easy win, such a nice like little thing that they could have done to be like, hey, and we re-signed Josh Levo and like, you know, we're hoping he's going to play a bigger role this year or whatever. And it's it, it feels like a no, it feels like a win-win scenario because it costs very little money. And if he works out, then you get to claim that as a big victory. And if he doesn't work out, then I don't think anyone is going to give them a hard time for it not working out. They're just going to be like, ah, yeah, it was a decent bet and it didn't work out, which I actually think this market has been like relatively good with, you know? Yeah, like no one's mad about the Thomas Bannock signing. Yeah, exactly. And no one's mad about, uh, no one's mad about picking like Petrus Palmu or like, um, you know, no one's even really mad about Berchi. They're just mad about like how the situation was handled. Um, Petra small moo. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, you know, to prioritize signing Jace Howerlock, who I think signed for almost exactly the same amount of money. And yeah, that's then, move I don't get like Howerlock over Lebo. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was fine when it was a, a move that was just like, oh yeah, they picked up a depth guy. Like that's fine. They're going to need, they could use some like young, more snarly forwards or whatever, but then yeah, letting Levo walk, it's just immediately like, well, which of these guys would I rather have? And I think that's a legitimate question. Like, I don't think that it's clear cut that you would want Levo more than Howerluck. Right. But it's enough of a question to, to kind of scratch your head at. And most importantly, the fact that he goes to Calgary, it's just like at that point, how do you not just immediately match the offer and be like, Josh, please don't go to Calgary. The optics of so many of your former players, like imagine if Calgary does better next season than Vancouver does. Mm-hmm. And I think they will. What In what way have they gotten worse <sighs> for this coming season at the very least? I know Calgary yeah. people yeah. will be like, well, there's a lot of about the money. Yeah. yeah there's a lot yeah. of long-term stuff that, that, that like I wouldn't assign most of those deals. No. And the reason why you wouldn't yeah. sign those deals is that your team's going to take a step back now, but you're in a way better. The, the Canucks are better set up for the future now than they were before. 
I would argue that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, maybe I not because of the, some of the stuff they've added, depending on how you feel about the Nate Schmidt edition, which long-term, who knows? But yeah, like short-term, Calgary got better. Vancouver got worse. Yeah, exactly. And and we're at the point now where where the short-term is a consideration now. Yes. Right? Because it's 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 like one of those things where, like there's no clear window. We don't know where the window is. It has never been articulated. It's not particularly clear when you look at the roster or you go to the cap friendly page or whatever, like people being concerned about like, well, are they going to be better next year is reasonable because there's no clear path for them to be better in three years either. Um, Cause they're just going to fucking give way, uh, way more money to Hughes and Pedersen. All their bad contracts are going to be off the books, but all that money is just going to go straight to Hughes and Pedersen. So it's nice that they'll be paying really good players that amount of money instead of really bad players, but it doesn't really fix the problem. Um, also, Josh Levo, in February thir- on February thirteenth, twenty nineteen, he fought Ryan Kessler. That's right. And that, yep. And that that rules. Uh, I just it's one of those like I don't I don't know I I like that he did that, and I feel like oh they also wore seven. Both of them were wearing seventeen. I'm watching the fight right now. Um, it's. Uh, what am I? What am I trying to say? I think it's uh, Canucks fans love to see that shit. Just another reason for us to be like, we love Levo. Why did you let him go? Yeah, absolutely. I, it just it's it starts to feel after a while like Canucks depth players are sort of like Belushi brothers. Like the good ones are just disappear immediately, and then the bad ones <laughs> stick around forever. Oh no, <laughs> you can never get rid of them. Um, <laughs> And it just, you know, it's one of those things where it's very minor. I, you know, Josh Levo is, even at his best, a third-line player on a good team. But he's still a good but he, depth. He team. doesn't cost $5 million. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like, it's... it's he it's, costs what a third-line player is supposed to cost. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I just thought it might be fun here, now that we kind of have a sense of... Because, I don't know. Personally, I think that at this point, we can pretty much assume that, like, this is the roster they're going to enter next season with, if there even mm-hmm. is a next season. And, yeah. folks, it's uh, something. <laughs> I, uh, I have the projected lineup on, uh, on Daily Faceoff here, which obviously is not, like... It's not perfect by any means, but... but there is a decent chance though, that Jim Benning literally posts the daily face-off of his team on there <laughs> the same way that he posts like his trade list or whatever on that forum. Yes. So I, I'm just going to read out like what they have projected as the lines because I feel like people haven't quite internalized like how much worse this team looks on paper now that all of these players are gone and most importantly have not been adequately replaced because I think that that's the thing that people are upset about, right? No one is mad that Jacob Markstrom isn't a Canuck anymore. No one is mad that Chris Tanev, well, not no one, but most people aren't mad that Chris Tanev and Jacob Markstrom aren't Vancouver Canucks anymore. They're mad that they weren't adequately replaced. Um, Jacob Markstrom is gone. You've replaced him with Braden Holtby. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Braden Holtby, worse goaltender than Jacob Markstrom. Uh, Thatcher Demko, also worse goalie than Jacob Markstrom. Um, Could he get better? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But you're still banking your your season on two guys who had like sub 905 save percentages this year. So not a good look. Uh, And then Chris Tanev, like 
I mean, I guess you could say that Chris Tanev was replaced with Nate Schmidt. Yeah, I think that's how you have to look at it. Which is a which is an upgrade, but then the problem is that Troy Stetcher is replaced with fucking like Jordy Ben yeah. or somebody, and that's which a is a downgrade. huge downgrade. I would argue like a bigger downgrade. So uh, it's also lower down in the lineup. So maybe you can mitigate some of uh, the the troubles that you're running into I think there. Because but of how far down it is in the lineup, that it's not that like the upgrade is at least the same size as the downgrade. But yes, but Fine. at the same time. What do we know about Troy Stetcher? By the end of the season, he's playing in either your top four or your top pairing because of how many injuries always happen to this team. And um, the Canucks got insanely lucky on the injury front this year. And now they have absolutely no depth. So, you know, if you look at what I was kind of saying at the beginning of last season where I was going like, well, what's going to happen is one of their major players is going to get hurt and it's going to derail their entire season and that never actually ended up happening but you look at the team on paper right now it's so clear that if like even one of their major guys goes down there's no one who can come even close to stepping Mm -hmm. up right Mm -hmm. so uh on that note here is the projected lineup from daily faceoff here first line jt miller elias Pettersson, jake for (laughs) tannin um I feel like that's maybe wishful thinking, but uh, that that listing those names out is like a classic joke structure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it it really is like, and I do. You know, people have been saying that Jake Vertanen is going to get a chance on that line, and uh, I agree. I think he probably will. Uh, he actually, you know, that line put up fairly decent numbers when they were together. But I just don't see it lasting because Brock Besser is a better option on that line. And he doesn't particularly play very well with Bo Horvat. So mm, yeah. I don't expect, I don't expect Jake Vertanen to see more than like 10 games in the top six next year. He's going to get a chance, but I, I just don't see it happening because as we'll get to in a moment. Um, so the second line, they have Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser. Absolutely zero chance we see that line for any more than two or three games. Um, Besser and Horvat just don't play well together for whatever anytime, reason. Anytime anybody is like, oh my God, that's the Canucks line. It was like, uh, it's kind of like any line. It'll only last like five games. Yes, just, yeah, absolutely. doesn't matter who your coach is. <laughs> like, yeah. The only, uh, the only <laughs> line a, a I expect to see like a lot this year is uh, the lotto line. Yeah, I would be I would be mm-hmm. pretty willing to to bet that like that's going to be the especially with the way that Green uh, deploys the lineup that's probably going to be what we see the most. But moving downward here on the third line, Antoine Roussel, Adam Gaudet, Brandon Sutter, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. kill me. And then this is my favorite: <laughs> as the fourth line, they have Tyler Mott, Brandon Sutter, Zach McEwen. <laughs> So obviously they haven't uh, like totally accounted for the um, the new players in the lineup or have just decided that Louis Erickson doesn't exist uh, <laughs> much like most people in Vancouver like to pretend is the case. Um, mm. But uh, I think it's more, I think our, most likely what we're going to see uh, as the forward lines, like obviously with some movement, but our most common forward lines, I would bet are going to be, 
Miller, Patterson, Besser, Pearson, Horvat, Erickson, Roussel, Gaudette, Vertanen, and uh, like Sutter, Beagle, Mott, or, you know, something like that. Rotate in McEwen in some places. There'll be injuries. So blah, blah, blah. Um, it's also really funny to me that Daily Faceoff forgot Jay Beagle. Um, but like, just once again, like wishful thinking on their part, I guess. But um, I mean, maybe they just got mixed up between Jay Beagle and another Brandon Sutter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, it's the same guy. <laughs> and then on defense, their mock-ups have Quinn Hughes and Nate Schmidt, which I think we already discussed is absolutely not happening. Um, Alex Edler and Tyler Myers. And then the third pairing is Oli Ulevi and Jordy Ben. <laughs> oh, wishful. Very wishful. I mean, at the same time, who do they have in their system right now to play on the bottom pair? Yeah. Legitimately. Like, and this I, is, they're so thin, like unbelievably thin, especially in comparison to the fact that like they were, they were never deep this year, but they were deep enough to deal with the small amount of injury trouble that they had. Yeah. This is like, you don't even have a third pairing right now and you don't really have a bottom six. And those were probably your biggest problems this year. One of my favorite things to do, and I wish I opened it up earlier, is to look up what the Arcanux subreddit uh, has like wishfully yes. posted is what they think the roster is going to be like next yes, year. Because I, I guarantee fucking Pud Colson is in there or something. Yeah, like. totally. Like Pud Colson, <laughs> who, who literally cannot even be on the team next year for contract yeah. reasons. Yeah. And I do love that. I, 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 that's a thing that increasingly I find myself trying to remind people and also myself of, which is that like, if you are online caring about anything, like whatever it is, if you were online getting obsessive about a thing, whether it's like for us, you know, sports or politics, but anything, you can very easily forget that there are just like a, a group of cranks that outweigh you and your friends by a factor of 10 who just say shit like, no, the Canucks will be fine next year because like Hoglander is going to play on the first line. There's probably still somebody out there who thinks Jonathan Darlene is going to be on the second line next year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and these are, and these are it's people me, who, but... <laughs> and the, the, the crazy thing about this is that these are people who like probably like have season tickets or like buy tickets regularly <laughs> yeah. because there's more accurate representation of the fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you want to know what Canucks fans actually think, never don't look at Twitter, look at like Facebook comments. Then you'll have a slightly better idea. Um, or go to like HF boards and see the the people who are saying shit like, yeah, you know, Nicholas Jensen is really going to finally take the next step and play in the team's top, top six next year. <laughs> I'm going to be so sad when Louis Erickson finally his contract runs out because up until now, people saying the, like these people, the cranks, saying that they could just buy out Louis Erickson is such a good filter for just being like, I don't need to take you seriously anymore. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I know what you mean. Like, there are a few things that I've been thinking about recently where it's like, this terrible thing is terrible, but at least it was a great filter for like, whether or not I need to pay attention to you or should pay you any mind whatsoever. Right. Um, Louis Erickson's contract is great. Another, um, another one is like, just asking people what they think of, uh, you know, like Brandon Sutter. Um, he's more of a like, I think at this point, everybody agrees that Erickson is not particularly good, but 
Uh, so it's, it's more his contract and whether or not people think he can be bought out, but, but the Sutter stuff is amazing because he still has, he still has his defenders somehow. I don't know how you even get into that headspace, but it, it, it appears to be the case shockingly. Uh, so you guys want to talk about Mitch Miller? I certainly do. (laughs) Yes, this is definitely a thing I want to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So one of the things that we did, we we briefly addressed it with Dan on the show, but I just felt like it wouldn't be uh, right of us to not at least give a a, a chunk of an episode to. Um, Obviously, the entire uh, saga of former Arizona Coyotes draft pick Mitchell Miller has now, I think, unfolded and concluded for the most part but um i will just just for for those of you who aren't familiar i'll i'll give a little bit of an overview here on draft day the coyotes have like basically no picks because of a bunch of different reasons including being uh punished to almost a draconian level by the nhl for doing phrenology on their players or something i don't know it's too hard to keep up with some of this stuff um but they're they're the first... N- yeah basically the NHL is doing reconstruction on the Phoenix Coyotes yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, so the first the the first pick that they make which is in the fourth round the Sun is... Belt will rise again <laughs> is a, a UHL a USHL player by the name of Mitchell Miller who um... special sorry <laughs> it, it, so yeah fuck um, what what did you even say. <laughs> it's an ushel <laughs> ushl fuck off man i hate that so much <laughs> like, i have my attention span is hang- <sighs> at like hanging on the thinnest of thin threads what do you get time. when you have two guys with adhd in yeah, a room together exactly so <laughs> we're like talking about a guy who did like a violent assault on a child too and you're just like hey if you if you tried to say ushl it would sound like ushel <laughs> I hate this fucking show so much. <laughs> anyway, I bet you do too, listeners. So what uh, what ends up happening is a couple of days go by, and despite the fact that um, our friend JD Burke, who we're also going to talk about later, yes, um, tried to shine a bit of light on this on what was at, at that point an incomplete story. Um, people start to get wind of this kid's past, which. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to go into huge details about this, but um, from the time he was uh, a young boy to it's now been confirmed by the family about the time he was 16 or 17, he and another friend, um, but more specifically, I think him, I think the other friend is was a bit less involved or a bit he wasn't leading the charge on it. Um, they basically harassed this uh this classmate of theirs who was uh black and also uh had some sort of intellectual disability i don't think it's ever been made uh like clear or public what that disability is not that it really matters um but mitch miller and this other friend of his did some incredibly incredibly fucking horrendous things to to this kid um one story involved Mitchell Miller taking this kid's um, head and pounding it into a brick wall, which oh. I, which was not for whatever reason, like, I don't want to give people the wrong impression here, but like, I really, really, really uh, dislike the, the way that 
we talk about people who do stuff like this because the, all the stuff that was in the foreground when, when this was spoken about was that Mitchell Miller was racist to this kid and like said the N word to him or whatever. And I don't yeah. want to diminish the fact that that is a bad thing to do, but it pales greatly in comparison to being violently assaulted, which this kid uh-huh. was on one yeah. occasion. And on another occasion, I think the incident that did um, thankfully get a lot of attention was that Miller and this other friend of his made the kid uh, eat a push pop that they had urinated on and dragged across a urinal. And then the uh, child in question, the, the victim, had to actually get STD tests because of it. That, I think, more or less gives people the, a clear enough picture of what was in this kid's past. And it's not allegedly. We know that it's the case. <laughs> um, it's been, you know, it's all been reviewed properly. Uh, there are, because it's the United States, uh, ironic, somewhat ironically, there's court records and stuff, and this has all been confirmed. There's no allegations. We know that all of this happened. Um, and somewhat surprisingly, the Coyotes, after a few days of public pressure, actually rescinded the rights to Mitch Miller, and he has now signed with, I want to say, is it, do either of you remember which KHL team it is? It's what, no it's whatever it. KHL team Vasily Pud Colson plays on. I know that much. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's SKA St. Petersburg. Yeah, that I'm not SK. 100% certain. that's a big team. It really is. And this is the thing that I think, I mean, the KHL is the wild west and a lot, most people, including myself, like have barely under any understanding of what it is or how yeah. it works. But something that, that is really important is that like you guys have seen how hard it is for Vasily Podkolzin to get playing time oh my God. in the KHL. Mitchell Miller probably won't play a game in the KHL this season. Um, he's going to be stuck bouncing between junior and senior leagues is my guess. Like basically in the KHL's equivalent of the AHL, because if Pud Colson can't get playing time as a top 10 pick who is a year older than Miller, then Miller, we're not going to see anything from, from, I wonder what this piece of shit's uh, like play is here. Like, does he go to Russia to know that he can like you get a check but never play to also stay away from Canada and the States for like a couple of years and then go back home to like work at his dad's like hot tub factory or something like because <laughs> like I guarantee you he can get a job here and he also doesn't want to play hockey in Russia uh <sighs> that's a good question I, I, mean, I have think no it's five years ago you could probably go to Russia for a bit, hope this all blows over, then come back. Yeah. You probably can't now, but maybe he thinks you can. Maybe, maybe he has wisely uh, deduced that this is it for him in North America. And so he just immediately went to the place where he has the best shot at the best career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I I will say, I actually think, um, you know, there, there was never going to be adequate, uh, an adequate conclusion to this or adequate, like not that I like using this word, but punishment mm-hmm. for what he did. But I do actually think being, being like banished to Siberia. Yeah. Being basically banished to Siberia is like a pretty, I'm satisfied. I'm fairly satisfied with the outcome because 
Um, it's a lot more than I feel like I've ever seen before. You know, he's been, um, he's been, he's had his rights rescinded. He had his scholarship, not his scholarship taken away, but his ability to play hockey in university taken away, which if we know hockey players, like <laughs> what they're, they're going to go to university and go to classes and learn stuff. Like, come on, they're there to play hockey. Um, and then to end up in, in the KHL where he's probably not going to get minutes. Like that is a, that is a pretty significant fall from grace. It's not maybe the one that you would hope for, but it's a lot more than I feel like I've ever seen from, from the NHL before. And, um, you know, I, I guess we, we got to take victories where, where we can. Another piece of that was the age part. Yes. The guy's what, 18 years old? Yeah, now he's 18. Old, yeah. Just got drafted, whatever. Um, they're talking about like, they make it sound like he's 35 years old and they're talking about something he did when he was 14. Yeah. He did something four years ago. Um, I have to be held responsible for the things I did four years ago as a, as a 27 year old. Like, like, I think even at 18, you have to be responsible for what you did at 14. Yeah, especially yeah. when it's violent, when it's when it's racist, but like, and on so when oh, I think wait. about that story, I keep thinking about I don't know, I keep thinking about that Stokely Carmichael or Kwame Ture quote about like I don't really care if you're racist at me, but like I care about if you have the power to do something yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it just sickens me to think about um, to 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 listen to the to what you said about what he did to the kid. It's incredibly horrendous. Like it's one of the worst things I've you know, this side of like Rena Verk, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard about kids doing to each other. Um, it's obviously the kind of thing that should have been handled so much differently at the time. Like I, I want to, I want to try to sort of offer a, a middle ground, like solution to this problem that, that would, I think hopefully satisfy as many people in the two camps as possible. And by the two camps, I mean like the two reasonable camps, which, which are the instinct that like someone should not do this and then get away with it. And then the equally valid instinct that like there should be protections for kids who do terrible things because they were kids, um, which I don't think is like entirely unreasonable. It's worth noting that if this had happened in Canada, we wouldn't even know about it because yeah of um you know like gag orders that uh that we have around reporting crimes that uh that are committed by minors but the thing that frustrates me so much is that like when someone is a child you have the ability to remold them you know what i mean like someone does this in their 20s that's it like they just go to jail and they're they're a fucking pariah forever as they should be but like you have an opportunity here with like a 14 year old kid to actually like fix something to actually like try to fix the behavior of a obviously like disturbed individual. But the thing that kills me so much is that like this kid kept being allowed to play hockey. And now we're in a position where he's 18 and we have, uh, you know, noted serial apologizers like Andrew Walker going on the radio or going on Twitter and asking like, so what? Uh, he's supposed to just not play hockey forever. And it's like, well, I don't know about that, but he shouldn't have fucking played hockey when this happened. He yeah. should have been cut from his team. He should have been cut from his team when he was 14 years old. And then 
and then that should have been the hockey community's response to this is we're not going to have players on our teams who do shit like this. Um, he shouldn't have been allowed to play for us hockey. He shouldn't have been allowed to play for whatever his local team was. Um, and just say to this kid, like there are plenty of other fucking kids who want to play hockey. You blew your shot. Try again next year. I don't understand why that's so. That's why a that's completely such a reasonable take. like course of action. And the fact that now we've waited, we've waited so long to put any circum, any consequences, sorry, on it. It's oh, but now he can still go and play in Russia. Exactly. It's it's too it's too little, too late. Like it 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 is so frustrating that the adults that surrounded him at that time didn't in hockey. I should clarify, like clearly didn't really even consider the situation. If, if there's one sort of central like mission statement that I would like to get out from doing this show, it's just that like, there's tons of shit that's more important than sports. And if you allow only the people who have been like seeped in sports from the day they were born to deal with the problems within their own community, they will blow it because they think that nothing is more important than winning or sports. And mm-hmm. so we need to have people around in the conversation that are like rightfully noting how fucking insane it is that this kid was ever, was even allowed to get to the point where he was 18 years old and hadn't, hadn't had to face uh, consequences in his burgeoning hockey career. It's insane mm-hmm. to me. It doesn't make I, any sense. As somebody who's very hungover, uh, I, <laughs> think I care the same thought, but the way the words are bouncing off in my mind's canyon, mm. uh, which is a word I'd <laughs> start using now. <laughs> That's great. Um, is that hockey is a game. Some kid did some really fucking terrible shit and, and, it's, and it's a political thing to talk about whether or not we should not allow this kid to play games anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You have, he has a lot of time um outside of all the stuff he needs to learn um and be be taught um he has a lot of time to get back up on his feet and start a new career absolutely a lot of other people have lost careers uh for for a lot less um how about all the people who just fucking lost careers because of this fucking global pandemic that's happening yeah Yeah. like how about how about all my friends who are musicians who were actually like making a living as musicians doing something that I would argue provides way more like societal value than sports. Sorry. Um, And they all fucking have to go get a new job. Like no one's asking, Oh, so what? They're just supposed to not play live music for the rest of their lives. It's like, no, we have to move on. That's what we've decided. And like, if you're, if you're going to all of a sudden become a bleeding heart, like this is not the fucking thing to do it over. I understand being a bleeding. Yeah. I'm a fucking bleeding heart, but not for this kid. No. Pick a better pick a better sob story. If you like, need a sob story, think about his victim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like what does cancellation mean? Like your life, oh, your life is ruined. Uh, you can't do the things you wanted to do anymore. I'm sure I'm sure the victim's life like gets the outcome of what cancellation means in these people's heads. I would love right? to see a a profile on like someone who got canceled and the their biggest um like consequence that they faced was just that they can't go on the internet anymore and just like seeing how much their life their life has they had to buy a vpn yeah (laughs) like 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 just just following around somebody who like just 
got like banned from Twitter or something and just being like, yeah, actually, I realized that uh, my life is a lot better now that I don't go on the Internet anymore. <laughs> yeah. All of us are hoping to get canceled one day. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, I tried that last night but or two nights ago, but <laughs> I've been trying to get canceled since I started writing about hockey and it wouldn't have succeeded yet. But um and any 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 more thoughts on the Mitchell Miller thing? I just wanted to give it a little bit of time just so that everybody had our kind of official uh, line on it. It was amazing that his uh, sister just immediately like <laughs> like started posting all over everywhere. That was absolutely the one part of the story that I think we can laugh about was the <laughs> sister melting down. Yeah, and it also would just made it so clear that like like why he's like what he's like. Yes, you know. Because it's like, oh, all the people in your life like are like this. <laughs> think that this is a tragedy. Like the tragedy. It reminds me of the Brock Turner thing. It's like the tragedy is that like some kid can't play sports anymore. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and, and the and the other thing, too, is I think I said this on Twitter when it happened um, is like okay, if the hockey men can't can't understand it from from that poor um isaiah i believe his name was that poor kid that this that this guy tortured for years and years if they um if they can't empathize with him for whatever crazy reason like then just empathize with the kid who's like spot mitch miller took yeah you know because some other kid could have gotten drafted some nice canadian kid some some you know hockey player who's just an average moron and bad person and not a, a sociopath <laughs> um you know like some other kid could have gotten drafted some other kid could have been on those international teams some other kid could have been uh on his whatever his local like club team was when this happened like the, these oppor- these are opportunities there are lots of people that are looking for them and i don't think that it's wrong to apply a very, very basic standard of morality onto who is allowed to have these opportunities, even when they're 14. Yeah. There's so many kids that want to play hockey. Fuck this guy. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So final thing here. Uh, filed under the people making fun of J.D. Burke beat, <laughs> which is... Uh, Us. Yes, uh, clearly are um, clearly within our wheelhouse. I did just want to talk a little bit about um, Elias Patterson's appearance on. So the province of Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did just want to talk a little bit about uh, Elias Patterson's appearance on Spit and Tricklets. This uh, is also now kind of in the recent past, but uh, I think warranted comment from us on a, on a number of different levels. Um, just for con, just for uh, like a little bit of context here. Elias Patterson appeared on um, Spittin' Chicklets or Chitin' Pringles or Spittle Chickens or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people got really mad about it uh, when it was announced for reasons that are valid, but often kind of hard to explain, I think, to the uninitiated. But yeah. for those of you that aren't aware, um, Spittin' Chicklets has kind of a long history of... Uh, uh, saying incredibly questionable things about women. <laughs> um, and I think more importantly is associated with barstool sports, which is about as toxic of a brand as you can get. We're talking about like a, a company that as recently as a few years ago made a big show of like publicizing the fact that they threw parties where they got women in 
basically too drunk to consent to sex and then have sex with them. Um, and then apparently a lot of these women also ended up being underage. Um, and of course, you know, terrible things happen. And certainly in media institutions, terrible things happen. And sometimes they can be corrected. But the general thing with barstool sports is that anytime anyone even suggests that something that they do could be wrong, they flip out and get 10 times worse. So uh, they basically earn all the criticism that, that they have engendered. Um, yeah. And uh, recently, a lot of that criticism, for whatever reason, was grafted onto our friend uh, and, you know, occasional guest, J.D. Burke. And um, Paul Bissonnette and, and company uh, actually decided to call him out for what was an incredibly mild criticism of uh, Elias Pettersson and them for, you know, him appearing on his show or whatever. And I actually have the audio um, and I'm going to play it. Um, I haven't heard it. So I have the audio here of uh, Paul Bissonnette talking about J.D. Burke. So I'm just going to play it for you now. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what he was getting at there, but um... he didn't even get JD's name right. Yeah, he called <laughs> so him a Toronto area radio host. Yes, he called. Well, he didn't. He call him JD Burkus. Yeah, is that what happened? So he and got him mixed up with to another guy. Well, there's JD Bunkus. Who I am all every time I see his name, I assume is a JD Burke parody account. That sounds like a joke name from one of those SNL sketches about the the fans of the Chicago Bears. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's very niche, but no, like, <laughs> no, it's true though. Um, look, I don't. The last thing I want to do is, uh, is spend time defending JD, but um, man. I fucking hate these fucking people so much. I hate Barstool. I hate Spit and Chicklets. I hate everyone who enables them. I just don't... Like, I specifically hate their fan base because they're just so... I don't want to say their fan base is unhinged because there are several things that I'm a fan of whose fan bases regularly get sure. accused of that. But, like, just because someone criticizes your favorite podcast, you don't need to be DMing them threats and stuff. Like, that's the level of behavior that their fan base has that they're somewhat okay with. I don't know. As someone who is an avowed listener of several problematic podcasts, when people say they don't like it or they think it's bad, I just kind of uh, shrug and move on, which is what adults do when yeah. people don't like something that they like. Like, like Elliot, yeah. you the other day mentioned that you didn't think Uncut Gems was that good. And I don't think you even heard about it from me until right now. No, um, you haven't, because you were offline. That was the only reason I posted that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I feel like at some point it might be worthwhile to do a, a full-on deep dive into Barstool Sports, because like, I don't think people fully understand how heinous they are. But... You know, when when all of this forget that, like the Dave, whatever his name is, the guy who runs the place, like Dave Porn Toys, Porn Toys, <laughs> Dave Dildos uh, <laughs> is a huge fan of Trump and like yep. did yep. like a huge interview with him. Like people just don't. I don't know. Well, the thing that, the thing that pisses that kind of pisses me off about this is that it, it's like I, I guess I'll I'll draw a comparison here a little bit to um, 
when the Harvey Weinstein stuff went down, right? There was a fairly uh, popular and a valid sort of talking point that was going around at the time where that's kind of since been buried where people were saying like the reason Harvey's going down is because like the, the, the people in the business want him to go down. Like they were happy to protect him when he made the money. And now that he's a liability, they're throwing him under the bus. While ignoring plenty of other Harvey Weinsteins in the industry. Oh, yeah. oh, exactly. Yeah. And so there's this kind of thing that 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 sort of frustrates me where I can I see this happening with I see this happening with players a lot where, you know, like, for example, once Todd Bertuzzi is old and retired and says he likes Trump, um, we can all like dunk on him or whatever. And it's at no professional or social cost to us so we're going to do it but then you know like somebody goes on a barstool podcast and people are right rightfully like this this like entire thing is terrible and bad and immediately immediately suddenly we find the uh we find the nuance right right and the thing that frustrates me i guess is it's just like don't selectively apply these things you can be a you can be a firebrand or a nuance person you can be both those things about different things but you can't be both those things about one thing exactly yes there's a certain vibe of these kind of guys where like if they heard paul biznasty bisonette whatever his name is say something like we need to come together they would like lap that up and mm-hmm. then I don't know, point a gun at JD for uh, like, I, I don't know. They're, they're so aggressive to anything they don't like. And I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but, but going back to the fan base thing, I don't need to know anything about Barstool. Um, like in itself, I can see through the fans what that organization is. Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't need to know who Paul is. Well, and that's exactly the thing where it's like, the, again, where, where I kind of, if we want to, attach it or um, draw a parallel to the uh, to the Mitch Miller thing where people latch on to kind of the least important, the thing that affects people the least in a material way and latch onto it because it's a good like cultural signifier and then ignore like the deeper thing. So like a great example to me is like uh, Barstool is misogynistic and like Obviously they are. And obviously they've made terrible comments about women, but they've also like comments. It's also internal. Exactly. They've also done terrible things to women. Um, They, and even, even setting all of this aside, if, if they were a perfectly fine, like normal podcast where everyone was normal and for whatever reason, they just attracted all of these fans that constantly went out and harassed people and told them to kill themselves and like went into DMs and, you know, threatened them with like assault and shit like that. Um, and then that show never addressed it. I would still say they were terrible. Like, yeah. it, don't do that. Like, it's, it's not hard to not do that. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a big fucking discussion. It's just like, hey, when you have hundreds of, of fucking like little uh cuck fans that like twirl for you in your mentions all the time and then you sick those people on other like people with one fucking like tenth one one tenth of a tenth one tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of your fucking one tenth uh, of a tenth yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when your podcast it, it comprises one percent of one percent of the listeners of yeah exactly. Paul Bissonnette played more seasons in the AHL 
Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm just reading. I'm reading through this. <laughs> play more AHL season than NHL. Why are we listening to a goon set the fucking I don't know standard for hockey culture? Because right the funny thing with Paul Bissonnette is that like, Cardiff Devils star legend. He was the only like for a while. He was just the only player who was like on social media and showcased a personality at all. Yeah, and that's another thing that I hate that people say is they go like well, you say you want players to show their personality and then you do and you get mad. And it's like, first of all, I never say that. I know the hockey players all have terrible personalities. I want as little personality from them as possible. Mm -hmm. I just want to watch men go fast on ice. That's all I want. I want like 10% more interesting uh, interviews during intermissions, but like, I don't know, do say something other than than get shots on net and do the thing that like Kevin Bieksa did where he sang shots to the tune of shots by LMFAO. Yes, exactly. Well, I, I, and, and this is the, more importantly, when people say that they want players to show their personality, they mean like, you know, Elias Pettersson being like, I unicycle or <laughs> other people being like, oh, like, look at my fashion or whatever. Or people being like, I really like or, you know, Braden Holtby being like, I really like country music and I play guitar like or Anton Roussel having a cat instead of a dog. Yeah, the bar exactly. is on the floor like, here for more personality. Be more like Troy Stetcher. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that immediately people are like, we want the players to show personality. And then they're like, women aren't people. <laughs> and then we're like, well, they are showing personality. That's good. Like, why is that the fucking thing that they jump to? It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, most of all, the thing that was that I love that I actually like loved about all of this and that I have continued to uh, hold on to and feel very nice about as um all kinds of craziness uh, in the world is happening is that I consistently look at the people that I hate that I like rightfully hate and should hate because they're doing way better than me. (laughs) Um, But also because I, you know, like that's only, that's only one portion of it. Like I, I don't resent people who I like doing better than me. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm happy for those people. Um, But the thing that, uh, that I love about all of this is just that it reveals that like Paul Bissonnette, uh, Ryan Whitney, Whitney Houston, uh, whatever the other guy on the podcast's name is, they're not happy. It's so clear that like their ego, you can knock it over with a single finger. Yeah, the reaction they not could ever the reactions of someone who doesn't care about criticism. The level of like hatred and vitriol that they spew back at somebody who says even who just says even as little as I don't like your podcast is indicative of the fact that like they are little baby boys. They are, they are little fucking toddlers about everything. And it, it rules. Like I genuinely love that, you know, like I'm some dipshit with a podcast that a couple hundred people listen to. And I live in a basement suite and I work at a coffee shop and I am legitimately like happier, have more self-confidence than these guys clearly have because like they cry, they piss their pants and cry when people criticize them. And this is what I love because, you know, our listeners, we always jokingly tell them uh, to do targeted harassment and obviously, we would be really joking if we encouraged them to do uh, targeted harassment of anyone on uh, any of these barstool shows. But the wonderful thing about it is that it works. It bothers them. They're like, 
some of the only people in hockey media that actually read their mentions and cry and get upset about it. <laughs> so it rocks. Uh, everyone should keep say whatever you want about them. Like, you know, accuse them of being Nazi collaborators. Like they will read that <laughs> and they will get upset about it. And it, it absolutely rocks. Actually, I think if you just said that their show's boring, you don't care. That would probably get them more angry. You might be right. And honestly, mm. that is another thing about the show that, that drives me so nuts is just that it sucks. Like I've listened to it and I've listened to like bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Cause people will recommend a random players interview or whatever. And it's, not yes. Worth and it is 90% of the time, 95% of the time, probably like the most boring drag I've ever heard. Um, and uh, you know, some of that is just that it's like, not for me, you know, yeah. I don't find like the way that hockey players give each other a hard time for the most part to be like funny. Um, mm -hmm. I don't care about like um, road stories in the way that, that those guys do. Like, I don't know personally, like I think when Dan was on and he told his like road stories about different media guys and different players or whatever, like um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here or whatever. Like we're just three idiots who put microphones in our faces and yell about stuff. But like that to me was like way more interesting than anything I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, it's just personally yeah, like the, the the little Rick Rippin story. I just don't have fun listening to hockey interviews. I I yeah. think it's like Kevin Bieksa and, uh, and Luongo, and after that, <laughs> yeah, there are a couple guys. Yeah, for sure. It's you know? it's but, very limited though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that was I think maybe the one thing that uh, that at first one of the reasons why I didn't go in harder on Petey for appearing on the show is that you know initially I was like, well, look, like they're all like this. You know, yeah, and yeah. I don't want people to. I just want people to get it straight. Like, whoever your favorite, most woke hockey player is that you love and you like think is a hero, he would go on Spit and Tricklets. Oh, yeah. Like, like there are like Blake Wheeler is probably like the only NHLer who might be like, I'm not going on Spit and Tricklets. Yeah, or like, um, Hamus. Yeah, totally. But like, it is that caliber of player who's like the super family guy. Mm -hmm. Well, and then who probably also have bad politics for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, also that. And then the other thing, too, is that um, there may actually have been other players that they're, they're, I'm sure they have been turned down like by by players and stuff. But the players never say anything about it publicly, you know, because that's the thing about all of this is that I just implore people, I guess, who listen to the show to look around at the players, look around at the PD, people in the media and just ask themselves, like, how many of these p people would be willing to actually incur a professional risk to say something that needs to be said? And uh, I can count the amount of people that applies to on one hand. And you know who one of those people is? Much as I hate to admit it, our friend J.D. Burke. So salute to uh, to a real one, because uh these people fucking earn every ounce of criticism that they get. Yep. Uh, if only because of how fucking insufferable it is to read their fucking posts. That's the worst crime of all, man. Get better at posting. I just want to quickly add one bit of nuance to this is that some of the Elias Patterson stuff, he was getting defended because he's sort of like on this summer to build his brand. Sure. And I think if he's going on spinning chicklets to do that, then it is the most fair and the most completely fair time to make fun of him or point out that that decision is bad. Absolutely. If it's him just because it's a hockey culture thing, then I think it actually is a bit harder to criticize him. But if he's just doing it for PR so he can sell his eventual brand of, I don't know, graphic tees and white pants, 
then <laughs> yeah, you should be criticizing him for it. I, yeah, I want I want a lesson to be learned here, and and uh, I want at least his agent to know don't do this again. Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> that that's the only thing I really wanted out of it. I didn't want to be like I am mad at Petey for doing this, blah blah. Because blah. like I don't have a high expectation of Canucks players or hockey players in general, or yeah, athletes exactly. in general, or celebrities in general. Yeah, please really. please don't have parasocial relationships yeah. with celebrities. Just please but don't I, do it. Like it's so much easier. You'll be so much happier if you just decide that like you're gonna like the shit that these people make or participate in and then immediately as soon as they show their asses or reveal themselves to be bad people just be like well good thing i didn't get attached to them as a person and only enjoyed the thing that they did like i recognize that it's really hard to resist that and so just at the very least i'm like you know what let's get his agent scared at the very least because like that's the only thing that's really going to make a decision that's uh i think is really going to have an impact like i don't think uh Pedersen is really going to see the vitriol he gets. Um, he's just going to see that as like a small blip in the comments he gets. Um, but it's his agent who's actually afraid of PR. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's 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 more logically in tune with like what the consequences could be um, than somebody who would be the one getting affected by it. And and yeah, um, I I am glad that we're not talking about this as much anymore. Um, but I also want to give another shout out to JD for having to deal with this shit. Like oh, yeah, totally. there, there is really, there is a consensus in hockey media and there's only like five people who stand like maybe a foot outside of it. Mm-hmm. And JD is one of those people. And the amount of hate he gets for that, for just being a little bit different, like to, to hear all this shit from um, Twitter users and other and other people like Paul Bissonnette who will go off on people who can't handle an alternative view on something, and then they themselves piss their pants about it. Like, I'm I'm really tired of this. It's um, just they are everything they accuse other people yeah, of being. Yeah, they are triggered. They yeah. are crying. They no, are hurt people, and offended. Like more people complained about getting complained at than there were people complaining. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's snowflake energy. <laughs> it's so frustrating to me too, just as a person who like, I've, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but like my hater to follow follower ratio is insane for like the platform that I have. And the way that you deal with it is just to go like, well, I don't care. Like I make the shit that I make for the people who like it and people don't have to like it. And that's totally fine. Like it, I, I would rather make something that I feel good about and like that nobody likes than make pablum and crap and have people enjoy it. And, yeah. you know, that's and that's so easy to do when you have a thing like a platform or or whatever it is, like whether you're an artist or you're a, um, a media personality or whatever it is, like when you are really successful at that, it's so much easier to do that. Like one person who is great at this hilariously is as uh, Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Whenever somebody brings up that, that uh, people hate Nickelback, he's always just like, yeah, whatever, man, millions of people like Nickelback. I don't care. Which like shockingly kind of makes me like Chad Kroger a little bit just because he doesn't care that everyone hates him. Yeah. Um, my favorite story about Chad Kroger is that a guy got a key to a hotel, his own hotel room, goes into the room, then sees Chad Kroger jacking off. <laughs> and then the the aftermath of that story is who had the weirder story there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's amazing. Mm. I've never heard that. I have heard uh, other uh, penis-related stories about Chad Kroger, but I haven't heard that. I've only heard drinking and driving-related stories about him. Fair, yeah. It, it, it might just be like an older brother's like story I'm going to tell to my younger brother's friends in the basement sure. fake thing, but like... Nah, it doesn't matter. I, I always think about that. I've decided that it's real. Uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's I'm I'm part of the media, which means I get to decide what is true and what is not true. And I've decided that it's true. Um, yeah, it just it's it's amazing. I love it. Like it, it, I actually get so happy every time I see them piss their pants and cry because it's just like it is so one of the only good things about Twitter, about social media is when, you know, you can get to someone who's like higher up the ladder than you are. Uh, it rocks. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Don't have parasocial uh, relationships with celebrities. Except with me. Save them for podcasters. The real uh, people that you can analyze and uh, pretend that you are friends with despite the fact that you've never met them or talked to them. Is Elias Pedersen not a podcaster now? I don't know. I guess he has joined our... No, just a guest. It doesn't count if you're just a guest. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Yeah, I, I I give no respect to people who only appear as guests on podcasts. I would say you have to edit an episode, otherwise you're stealing valor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, know, right? I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to get to? Mm, I will add this. Sure. Um, listeners, if you have been sticking with us from the beginning, you may remember that we spent a whole episode clowning on a man named Dean Blundell. Ah, I never yes. thought that guy would be ever relevant again. I have no idea who he is, even still. I forgot who he is. I forgot why we didn't like him. Probably just because he's a clown. <laughs> um, but some sort of media figure, radio shock jock guy, whatever, um, and uh, likes to say the word triggered a lot um, in the bad way. <laughs> and basically, he just. Um, Am I allowed he, to make it? Can I make a um, can I make a value judgment here? Uh, unless you are like literally have PTSD and are being triggered, saying triggered at all is the bad way of saying it. Mm, I will I will disagree, okay. but I don't have time to. Explain all right, it, it's fine. But... Okay um is uh no he basically he just decided to be a really gross person again and sort of um by the way he i am confident that he is an abuser and that he has abused other people in media and he tried to weaponize that uh to uh, a friend of mine and basically please i know this is not the send your hate mail thing but like send your hate mail to Dean Blundell, go tell him that he's a stupid idiot in his comments, uh, especially I think under Rob Russo's uh, quote tweet of him. Oh, that um, rocks. Yeah. He got Rob Russo involved. Yeah. Uh, Rob Russo's a mutual friend of, uh, of the person who is like, yeah. Um, follow that story. Basically a good, a good radio show friend of mine is uh, just being falsely accused of stuff when Dean Blundell assaulted her. Um, so that has just made me feel like really disgusting. And I know he's like a old Roxy fever villain. Yeah, um, absolutely. Fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. This is a, uh, yeah, this is a very want, angry episode. Give more, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to give more context to that just cause it's like a long, long story, but it's like, he's a, he's a really skeezy guy. So yeah, no, if you ever see, uh, his name, uh, pop up anywhere, know that, uh, there is a credible, allegation of uh, sexual assault against him so mm-hmm. uh fuck 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 dean blundell i um i feel bad because a, a few episodes ago i read i read something that he said because it was funny about um i can't even remember what it was but i feel like i i just want to be clear like uh yeah dean blundell bad guy 
not a fan. Um, on that note, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at Vyasteran. You can follow me on Twitter at Kayak. Please do not forget to follow the pod at the pond, the pond, follow the pond <laughs> at Roxy fever. Um, also please subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Roxy fever. You will get roughly one episode of bonus content a month. And if I may say the bonus content we've been putting out lately, I think is uh, quite fire. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've really enjoyed doing it. And then in the meantime, you can, okay, deep breath. Direct your hate mail to at Barstool Sports, at Ryan Whitney 6, at BizNasty 2.0, uh, at Dean Blundell, and at Stool Presidente on Twitter. <laughs> and I know that we've said in the past, you know, oh, direct your hate mail. Um, I just want to clarify that uh, that's obviously a joke. Uh, it's a big parody. Um, we definitely don't mean it sincerely. So definitely do not underline, do not targeted harass these people whose uh, handles I will repeat again. That's at Barstool Sports, at Ryan Whitney Sixth, at BizNasty Biz 2.0, at Dean Blundell, and at Stool Presidente. Um, just repeating that so that you definitely don't do that. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a little bit. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.